Good morning. Greetings to you all at Old South Church. I'm so glad to be with you, at least in some format. And um, thank you deeply for the invitation to be in your midst. And I'm hopeful that in the future we can be together live in worship at some point. I bring you greetings from Cleveland, Ohio, where I live with my 13-year-old twin daughters. Um, here I work as a teacher and uh, sing with orchestras and also serve a disciples church. But I grew up in the United Church of Christ, and in fact, my uncle Ken Powell served at a UCC church right down the street from you in Sherborne, Massachusetts. Um, I've also heard about Old South um, for a lot of my life and um, for many years because of our mutual connection with the Throckmorton family. I served alongside Hamilton Throckmorton at Federated United Church of Christ for seven years. So this morning we heard scripture that is commonly referred to as the road to Emmaus scripture. When I hear this story, I like to imagine the scene centuries ago of these disciples wandering down the road and talking about all that had transpired in the past days and weeks and months. They sort of amble along and talk about Jesus and his teachings. I mean, they were following this man up until the last moment of his life and believed in his teachings of love and forgiveness. And then he was killed in such an awful way. Subsequently, when the body was buried in the tomb and then the women went to go anoint the body, they discovered the body was gone. In some versions, there's this angel that appears and tells the woman that Jesus has ascended into heaven. But we don't hear about a big fanfare where there were fireworks and Jesus shooting like a rocket into the sky. These were the Easter fantasies I had in my mind as I heard the story as a child. So these two disciples, these two people are walking along and discussing life, death, political realities and wrestling with all that has happened and all that is to come. Well, it sounds kind of familiar to me and it helps me to contextualize my own exploration of faith and to find meaning in the scripture by thinking about the story in the context of my own life in modern times. I think about these two people walking along and having a conversation about intense and confusing things that are happening in their community and in the larger world, and I can completely relate to that. It's the only way I can spend time with my friends today during this pandemic is by walking together outside. And so through that lens, um, we are also wrestling, like the disciples were, with the things that are happening in our world today. You'll hear my friends and I say things like, can you imagine that he was suffocated to death because he was believed to be guilty without a fair trial simply because of the color of his skin? Can you believe that a virus has killed so many beloved people and yet people still don't believe that it's a real thing? Can you imagine children being separated from their families who are trying to find a better life for generations to come. As the disciples continued to walk along the road to Emmaus, we know that Jesus showed up hidden, um, in a hidden form, a mysterious presence. And Jesus acts like he has literally no idea what's going on and asks these disciples to tell him about what has happened. So he accompanies these two uh, disciples until they come to a place where they can have a meal and rest. 
And it's not until Jesus offers a familiar gesture that the disciples recognize him in the breaking of the bread and realize that it is Jesus who is in their midst. So I got to thinking about this as I imagine this story in today's climate. And in the midst of turmoil and challenge, where might I find Jesus walking along this path alongside of me as I, as we, as all of us navigate so many challenges, as we converse about those things together as the disciples conversed about the challenges of their day, where do we find Jesus along the path? Though a mysterious man doesn't usually appear on the path next to me and or my friends, I find the grace and love and the inclusive nature of Jesus in music and songs that accompany me on the journey. I particularly find these gifts in songs of the world, the global church. For me, it's not because of the interesting rhythms or the beautiful melodies, which I do love. Instead, for me, it's because of the people, the people who are writing and creating these songs, improvising these songs as a part of their faith, and passing these songs down to their children and their church communities and to the world. It is the people and their stories that move me to have hope and to find a deeper faith. The power and presence of Jesus's love and grace lies in the music and the stories for me. I have been on an up and down journey in my own life, as I imagine you have experienced as well. The path that has led me to today has been harrowing and amazing and unexpected. Back in 2001, I was a college student and was studying opera. I felt isolated in the practice rooms where I spent time daily working on my vocal technique. I grew up in the church making music and was leading worship since I was about 12, and I really thrived in being in a community and using music as a means of connection. So I really missed that, spending time working on the artistic perfection that I was being asked to cultivate at the conservatory. So for one of the summers, I applied to go to Southeast Asia with other college student musicians to engage in a music-making connective experience with people in Southeast Asia. This part of my journey completely transformed my life and has directly led me to being here with you today. In Southeast Asia, I started in Bali, Indonesia, and traveled through Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, through China, and into Mongolia. And all along the way, I made music with people and heard their stories. We walked together through music, through the killing fields of Cambodia, and into the Gobi Desert of Mongolia with nomadic farmers and their families. We all walked together through the sharing of music of the world. I came back from that trip completely changed and began to share stories and songs from my time there. And before I knew it, I was inviting people onto a spiritual path through songs and stories of the world. And this became an important part of my ministry. These songs of the world, they aren't my songs. And I understand that it's a privilege that I can invite people into this music that has been offered by the beautiful people, God's children, who create these songs. 
We are invited into these rich songs to find the stories of humanity. And I'm always trying to navigate that balance between respecting and honoring the culture from which these songs come and doing my best to keep that context of culture and uh, human realities a, pri a priority in my research. And yet, at the same time, I recognize that there is a deep invitation in these songs for me, for us, to learn something new about our faith, about our brothers and sisters, our siblings in the world, and to integrate these stories and songs with my own stories and place on my own path. So these songs have taught me about the world, myself, and my faith. A number of songs have accompanied me deeply and played vital roles in my faith journey. And many of these songs we've woven into today's service. One of these amazing songs is, is a piece that we're going to close the service with called Wayaya. As a child, I would listen to this song sung by Kim and Reggie Harris and sing along to it on long car rides. But this song found me again just a few years ago as an adult, and it strikes me how much it speaks to the current times. It was written by a band who is originally from Ghana. The words say, we are going. Heaven knows where we are going. We'll know we're there. This is the kind of faith that I don't know if the disciples on the road to Emmaus had. Did they have a sense as they were talking to one another that all would be well, that they'll know that they've arrived when they arrive? I highly doubt that they had that sense of foundation and trust. I know that I do not feel like that daily right now. Every time I wake up in the morning and read the newspaper, I am often distraught and confused. But I have adopted these words of Wayaya as an invitation to keep moving, to keep going, and to acknowledge that it's going to be hard, it's going to be muddy and rough, but together, if we're journeying together, we're going to get there, wherever there is. That idea brings me comfort on days when things feel overwhelming and impossible. I am really excited to sing Wayaya together with you at the end of our service. Another song that has accompanied me on my journey is Cuando el Pueblo. My children are Latinx. Their dad is from South America. And though I am not as fluent in Spanish as I would like to be, this language has become a very integral and important part of my life for the past 20 years. When I first learned this song that comes from the Spanish Caribbean, I immediately fell in love with the words. It's totally my kind of theology. When God's people lift their song and from their hearts sing praise to God, it's time for wonders. Or in Spanish, it's time for amazing things. This song leaves this open-ended pathway before us what wonders will come when we work together, when we sing together, what amazing things will happen along our paths. The song says, our hearts are healed, our fears release, and we feel God's holy presence as we sing. I tell congregations, and I'll tell you now, these words are a prayer of intention. 
Just because we're singing together, it doesn't mean that our hearts are totally healed or that we've released all of our fears completely. Instead, this song serves as a prayer that is asking for these gifts in the midst of our coming together to sing together and praise God. We are singing and praying this into being together along the path. And this song brings me great hope on the days that feel dark and isolated. I remember these words. And even though I can't be present with you and in Boston and hear your beautiful voices and know that you're singing harmony with me, I know and trust that you're singing alongside of me from home. And you know that I offer this song in that same spirit. Even just that knowledge of coming together in community to make music can bring us to a deeper place with our faith. There have been so many songs that have accompanied me on my spiritual path, as I'm sure that there have been for you. Perhaps this week, you might reflect on music that has been nourishing, healing, or comforting on your journey. Songs that have brought the grace and love of Jesus right next to you as you navigate this path. Lastly, I want to share with you a very special song. I was 26 and leading music at an event in Kentucky. I walked into worship, into the worship space to see a gorgeous woman dressed in an ornate gown playing a haunting melody on a wooden flute. When she had finished playing, I smiled at her and told her how beautiful it was. I said, I love that melody, Wavering Stranger. She smiled with patience and a deep knowing and said, well, yes, many people call this melody Wavering Stranger and attribute it to the Southern Appalachian Mountains. But my native people have been singing this melody for centuries and passing it down from generation to generation. She said, this melody has many names in many native languages, and it became an anthem for my people as we walked along the pathway of the Trail of Tears. She said, I call this song the Sacred Circle. I sat there and listened to her story unfold before me, the tale of her experience with this song, Later, I asked her to share this song during worship, and she surprised me yet again by not only playing the beautiful piece on her Native American flute, but also by singing words that she had written in English to accompany the melody. When I think of the words that I know to Wayfaring Stranger, I'm just a poor Wayfaring Stranger traveling through this world of woe, but there's no sickness toil nor danger in that bright land to which I go. Those words are very much about being on that path, traveling along that way that we keep talking about and trusting that there's a bright land at some point that we're gonna get there. But now listen to Catherine's words. Oh, life is like a sacred circle. When we walk the good red road, we dance to pray, we pray to heal, we heal to live, we live to dance. We dance to pray, we pray to heal, we heal to live, we live to dance.
got me thinking. Because in my mind, I was imagining this road to Emmaus, this wayfaring stranger road, this difficult path that we are on. I imagined it as this road heading into the deep distance. Sometimes it looked like the desert with not a lot of signs of life around me. But Catherine's language and imagery helped me to recognize that perhaps we are all walking in beautiful, sacred circles. We hand off our songs to one another. We hand off the stories of our faith to one another. We pass along our resilience and our hope to next generations, and we continue to circle the sacred path. These words brought a new depth of understanding God's love to me. We aren't just wayfaring strangers walking alone down a narrow path in the desert. We are together dancing and singing and praying together on paths of love and grace that are in beautiful circles of God's time and space, bigger, greater than we can ever understand. I pray as you walk along this good red road that you are accompanied by songs that heal your heart, release your fears, and invite you to dance, pray, and sing along the good red road. Thank you for God's still speaking voice ever in our midst. Amen.